podcast from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. Faith Bible Church is a Christ-centered Bible teaching ministry dedicated to bringing the good news of the gospel to the whole world. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And now for this week's message. Well, thanks for having uh, me and Jenny here again. If you'd open your Bibles to John chapter 14, I'm going to finish what I started last week. If you weren't here last week, um, sorry. But John chapter 14. I actually got in trouble last week. I got in trouble last week because, if you noticed, I am not chewing any gum this week. So my uh, mom so graciously told me to quit chomping on my gum while I preach. So I have no gum, but I do have water. So <laughs> I did get in trouble. So let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll, we'll dig in. Father, we thank you for this time that we can come and open your word. And Lord, we just ask that uh, you would be seen, you would be glorified, that you would be set in our hearts high and exalted. Father, we ask that we would have hearts to see your word, Lord. We ask that you would unstop our ears, that we would hear you speak today, Lord. We do all this and we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. So last week we looked at how Jesus starts to comfort the disciples' hearts because in John 13 we saw that Jesus dropped a bomb on them in chapter 13. After he washes his feet, he tells them that one will betray them or betray him. One will, he actually says Peter, Peter will deny him and that he is leaving. So we see in the beginning of John 14, where Jesus comes to comfort their heart. And he says in John 14, 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And that's what we dealt with last week. So we see where Jesus begins to comfort the disciples' hearts with believing in God and believing in who he is. And this causes our hearts to be calm. So today we're going to finish it off and we're going to look at verses 2 through 6. So follow with me, if you don't mind, as we read verses 2 through 6. Jesus, well, we'll just start with one. He says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? 
Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So this leads us into our third point that not only does Jesus comfort the disciples' hearts with believing in who God is or believing in who he is, but he also gives them comfort by telling them that there is a heavenly place for them. And we see this in verses 2 and 3. Jesus gives them this heavenly place. So what do we know about this heavenly place according to these verses? Well, the first thing we know, it's the Father's house. Jesus is going to the Father's house. Secondly, there are many rooms. Now, different translations translate this differently. The ESV translates it room. There's other versions that translates it dwelling places. And there's other versions that translate it mansions. So either way, there are these dwelling places, these rooms that are in the Father's house. We also see in this is this is where Jesus is going, and he's going there to prepare this place, or the Greek can render it, make ready a place, where he's going to make ready this place for us. Kind of like when we get ready for bed at night, we always, you know, my wife always makes the bed, and we always make ready the bed to get ready for it. So Jesus is making ready a place. He's making ready for this place. This is where he is. For what reason? Well, that we will be home with him. He'll take us home. We see that. It's where Jesus is, and it's one day he will come and take us back to him. So when we look at this verse and we have this hope of a heavenly home, what's it mean? What's it mean? So Peter, in 1 Peter, tells us this. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Byantia. What I want to concentrate on is the word exile. The word exile here means residing in a country not one's own. So Peter says that we reside in a country that's not our own. Brothers and sisters, this is not home. This isn't it. We got something greater to look forward to. We do not belong to this country. We are sojourners. We are pilgrims. We are just passing through. That's where we are as children of God. That's what this means. The, the, the Old Testament saints got it. If you look in Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham, as uh, the writer of the Hebrews is describing him in verse 9 and 10, says this about Abraham. By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he, Abraham, was looking forward to the city that has no foundation. Are you and I looking forward to that city that has no foundations? Abraham kept his eyes focused on that city where there is no foundations whose designer and builder is God. This is where Jesus went for them. This is what Jesus is preparing a place for us, is the city for us to go to, to look at. This is what Alan is experiencing. We have no clue what Alan is seeing. It's beyond our imagination what he is seeing right now. But he's seeing it. And we should be jealous because he's seeing it and we're not. 
And that's, that's the beauty of this. Abraham looked for that. Verse 16 of that chap- same chapter of Hebrews 11 says, but as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. This is kind of a heart check on ourselves, is it not? Are we, do we have a desire for a better country? Not just this country to be better, but a heavenly one. Do you have that desire? Is that in your heart? Is your heart burning with that desire to be home with Jesus? Jesus in chapter 17 in his high priestly prayer, he prays that we would be with him to see his glory in this place. In verse 24, he says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundations of the world. Jesus prays that we would be with him. Paul tells us that our citizenship is in heaven. It's not here. Our citizenship now is in heaven. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly, vile bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. When we focus on a heavenly home, when we keep this in in, in clear focus, we, we have to see this, when we keep it clearly in focus, because our focus sometimes gets off, doesn't it? But when we clearly look at this, and we clearly have this heavenly home in focus, then we know one thing. We can hold on to everything here lightly. And this is hard to do, isn't it? Isn't it hard to hold on to things lightly? I mean, we want to hold on to things tight, Don't take this from me. Don't take that from me. Don't take my iPhone from me because that's my life. We have all these things. Don't take our family, our friends, our relatives because we hold on to things so tightly. My home, where I live, my job, my finances. We hold on to things so tightly because our focus is off. When our focus is clearly on Christ and who he is for us and what he's done for us and this heavenly home that we're looking forward to, we can say, here, take it. The people that the Hebrew writer was writing to, they got it. They understood it. Listen to Hebrews 10, 32 through 34, or you can look at it up here. (laughs) But recall the former days When after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering, something being public, sometimes being public exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison. Here it is. And you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. Why? since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. We, as Christians, as believers in Christ, can joyfully accept the plundering of all of our property. And it's the same reason why. 
Because we have a better possession, an abiding one, because we have Christ. We have Christ. It's not the mansion that's in heaven. It's Christ is who we want. Christ is the one we want. They got it. In addition, not only are our hearts comforted when they're troubled because we have a heavenly home, but faith that comforts the troubled heart is anchored in Christ alone. Now I know yet last week we talked a little bit about Christ, but I wanted to save this part for this way. How can our faith be anchored in Christ alone? Well, look at verse 6 of uh, chapter 14. We say, it, we say it a lot of times, if I can find chapter, verse 6 here. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we understand one thing. We cannot get to this dwelling place. We cannot get to these rooms. We cannot get to heaven. We cannot go to the Father's house unless it goes through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way. This word way means access. It means approach. It means entrance. Jesus is the only means of access to salvation. His cross work, this atonement that we talked about in, in, um, in the Sunday school, I would, as Dick said, recommend that Sunday school. is fabulous. But Jesus is the way to salvation because what he has accomplished on the cross, what he did on the cross, the penal substitutionary death of Jesus for us all on the cross, we needed it. He is the way to God, but the way to God is through a cross. We have to go through the cross to get to God. We have to go through Jesus and we have to see everything he was. We have to see that substitutionary death on the cross for us to get there. He is the way of God. He's the only way of God and he's the only one that brings salvation to us. And through, and through him, we have this access. Acts 4.12 says this, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Ephesians 2.18 For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. And Hebrews 7.25 Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is the way. He is the road. So what does this mean? It means Muhammad is not the way. It means Buddha is not the way. It means the Pope is not the way. Confucius is not the way. The government is not the way. Our financial portfolios are not the way. The things that we find that we trust in the most are not the way. Christ is the only way to God through his cross. Secondly, we see that Jesus is the truth of God. He's the truth of God. This word truth means that Jesus is the divine truth revealed to man. Jesus is fully, 100% man, understands everything that we go through, understands all of our weaknesses, sympathizes with those weaknesses, but Jesus also is 100% God. 
and he is the truth of God. When you want to know what God, when you want to know what God looks like, you look to Jesus. When you want to know what God thinks, you look and see what Jesus says. He is the truth of God. He is the incarnate truth of God. And we see this in John 1.14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. We saw in John 1, 1 last week that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So in 14, we have the Word become an incarnate and we add these to it that he's full of grace and truth. John eighteen thirty seven says this. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus is not only the way to God, Jesus is the truth of God, and Jesus is life. Jesus is life, the word zoe. Jesus is the zoe of God. He's the living existence of God. He is the life source of eternal life. We find eternal life in no one else but Jesus. He is the very source of it. John 1, 4 says this, in him was life, the zoe, the living existence, and the life was the light of men. In John 5.21, he says, For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. This is a life of, of quickening, of quickening the life, quickening the salvation, quickening the salvation. For the Christian, when the Christian dies, that's when the Christian lives. That's when we start living life is when we die because Christ is this life. John 10, 28 says, I give them eternal life. It's not something we earn. It's not something we can pay for. But Jesus gives us eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. You want to know why no one will snatch us out of his hand? It's because the work of Christ on the cross is finished work. It's finished. You know, that, that word finished, it's, it's past tense. It's, it's done. The work is done. Redemption is completed. Salvation is, is completed for those who believe in him. Eternal life is ours. It's what we wait for. It's what we desire for. John eleven twenty five says, Jesus said to her, he's speaking to uh, Martha and Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. So what I want to do now is I want to take everything backwards. I want to go backwards with this. If you're an unbeliever here today, this is your lot as we go backwards. If you're an unbeliever here today, 
Jesus is not your life. Jesus is not the light. And Jesus is not the way. But he can be. He can be if we repent of our sins, if we trust Christ's work on the cross. If we, re, if we just trust him for our salvation, if we look to him as that substitution. When I, I was in that Sunday school, man, I'm like thinking all through this whole thing. I could just totally tweak everything to, to talk about that substitutionary atonement death, and I probably should have. But this is, the, this is the, the root of the gospel, is the substitutionary atonement of death. This is where we, we get all these things. This is where our heart is no longer troubled, is because we know Christ has come and, and, and he's died for our sin. He's died for what separates us from God. He's reconciled us in his body. But for the believer, if we take this backwards, if we take this backwards for the believer, we take it backwards if you have a troubled heart are you trusting in that christ is the way the truth and the life if you have a troubled heart are you trusting that he has prepared this place for you if you have a troubled heart are you believing in who christ is for you and if you have a troubled heart are you believing who god is if you have a troubled heart most likely all of that is out of focus but when we keep it in focus and we have these troubled hearts like the, like the apostles are and we need that comfort, then it doesn't matter what it may be in your life that is causing you to have that troubled heart. But what we need is to stay anchored in the love of God, the cross of Christ, and the heavenly home. We need to stay anchored in a Savior who is the way, the truth, and the life. Look back at John 14. Brothers and sisters, saints, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Brothers and sisters, those of you who are here today that have a troubled heart, maybe the sea is really, really going crazy. Listen to the tender, kind, gracious, merciful, compassionate words of your Savior. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. May we as believers today rest in the truth of who Christ is. Rest in the truth of who God is. Rest in the truth that this is not it. This is not our home. We have something greater waiting for us. May our hearts be enamored with these thoughts and may your hearts be taken up 
with the cross of Christ today, that that is the way to get to the Father is through his cross. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time. Lord, we love you. We cherish you. We exalt you. Father, your, your, your gospel is so, so key. Father, everything rests in that very thing. Everything rests in the very person and work of Jesus Christ. Lord, if we have troubled souls today, may you come with the healing power of the cross. May you come, Lord, and show us Christ. May you come and show us how he has died our death, how he has taken your wrath, how he has taken our spot. Lord, may you come and show us today that he paid the price for all of our sins. May you show us today, Lord, that he is no longer in the tomb, but he is raised. And now he sits at your right hand, Lord, enthroned, exalted, and interceding for us. He makes ready a place for us. Father, may you give us the peace in our souls. And may you give us the focus in our eyes of the heart to desire this coming of Christ, that he will come and take us to himself, that where he is, that we will see his glory and that we will be with him forever. Lord, may we not let the troubles of this world control us. May we not let the troubles of these wor- this world worry us. But may we rest secure in who you are. Father, thank you that you have gladly given us the kingdom that we do not have to worry. Thank you, Lord, for this time in your word. We ask it in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the preaching of God's word from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you and that the word of God will fill your hearts and minds as you walk through this world. If you have been blessed by this ministry and would like to make a small donation to help defray the cost of this podcast, just click on the green Support Us button at the top of the webpage. Thank you.